From Studio 102 in the scenic BBG Annex, it's Hearts of Fire, the podcast for the team at BioRidge Global. We're working every day to save and enhance lives through the healing power of human cells and tissue. I'm David King with the nasal East Texas twang here. And our guest today is Chris Selak from Global Quality. Hey, David. How are you doing? Pretty good. And, and I want you to know that you were highly recommended for this because you do not have an East Texas twang. I know. From the Midwest, the <laughs> Midwest accent. <laughs> so I, what, what we always do is we, we start these out with really sort of a simple, relaxed kind of question. And the question is, where are you from? Sure. So I was uh, born in uh, the suburbs of Chicago and lived there until um, I was about to start junior high. And then my parents uh, moved down here to Texas with uh, me and my brother. And uh, I've lived here ever since. So how did you wind up with our organization? Um, So that's a good question. Years ago, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in clinical laboratory science. And I worked at University Hospital for a number of years in the transfusion services laboratory. And basically we do in there, what we did there was um, similar to what our IRL laboratory does. We did the typing, the cross-matching, getting the blood products ready for um, transfusion. And after working there for a number of years, a former coworker of mine called and she had to come over here to start the Texas Cord Blood Bank years ago. And this was about 2005. And so uh, she said they had a, a position that would be great for me and uh, opening. And uh, I contemplated, made a list of pros and cons, and the pros won out. So here I am, years later, still here. Many years later. And, and what, what other jobs have you done besides that one? Sure. So besides the core blood quality manager, I've worked in quality assurance as well and uh, moved up to regulatory affairs over the past few years. And your, and your current title is? Regulatory Affairs Senior Manager. So, so tell us, what, what, does, what, what does that person do? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of different uh, things that we do. Um, it, every day can be a little different, honestly, depending on what's going on uh, that time of year, that time of day. Um, but essentially, um, we work with our making sure that the business units and BioBridge Global are compliant with the um, regulatory agencies like the Food and Drug Administration, as well as our accreditation agencies like the AABB, AATB, and ISO as well. And so periodically, for example, the FDA will publish new guidelines or a guidance document. And when that happens, regulatory affairs will open up a surveillance and master control that everybody loves. And we will do a a surveillance and work with our operational business units and go through the uh, surveillance and go through the new regulations or the new standards that were published and make sure we're compliant. And if we're not, work with uh, operations and quality to um, shore up our procedures and training and make sure that we're compliant for our next inspection. And what else beyond that? There's quite a bit beyond that. Sure, there is quite a bit beyond that. Um, We work with um, the different areas who are pursuing new accreditations. For example, FACT is one that probably a lot of people have heard about um, but don't know a whole lot. It's probably one of our more recent accreditations. And it stands for the Foundation of Accreditation for Cellular Therapy. And we recently in 2022 achieved that for our 
um, AFRESIS department. And I know that that was a, a big achievement and now we're working on it um, in another department as well. So FACT is a, a big one, a big new one that we're working on. And we also work um, with the different state agencies. Um, my boss, Valerie Freeman Allen, she could talk all day about um, the state of New York because the state of New York has its own set of regulations and requirements that we're required to um, comply with, especially in uh, Qualtech's area and the tissue area as well. Um, so we work with different state agencies required that we registered with them and maintain uh, our registrations um, and with the different state organizations as well. So, so why are, do we have to be accredited by these various state agencies? Sure, that's a good question. So a lot of the states that require these registrations, like the state of New York and the state of California, for example, um, if our products um, that go for further manufacturing, such as um, tissue, end up in those states, um, it's required that we are registered with those states. And if we test samples, for example, from a plasma center and uh, their products end up in other states, we're required to um comply with their regulations as a, as a supplier of uh, service to those manufacturers. And my boss, Valerie Freeman, she's uh, very knowledgeable about the state of New York. They have uh, quite a list of regulations and registrations that we have to follow. And, and the same applies to these international organizations, right, that we deal with. I know the Australians have been here. The Koreans have been here. Exactly. The Australian uh Australians, especially the Australian tissue um, government, uh, the, the um, Australian goods, um, and the MFDS, the Ministry of Food and Drugs um, from South Korea, they have been here as well. Um, and they are uh, uh, also important as the EU regulations with a lot of the different products that are in different phases. For example, at GenCure, um, they're working on different phases. And here at South Texas, we're working on things that are now in different phases with clients that are in clinical trials. And so uh, we've be started to become very familiar with the EU regulations and what's called the Eudrolex um, for cells, tissue, and blood in anticipation that some of these products may end up years later on the European market as well. And, you know, you, you say you got a degree in clinical clinical laboratory science. I can't even say that, much less do it. Um, but preparing for this kind of job, it's it's much more of learning from people, isn't it? It is. It's learning from people. And I'm lucky that I've had uh, Valerie Emanuel and Richie as a mentor on a lot of regulatory items that have uh, come my way and our way as a center. And uh, very lucky to have worked in the different areas before moving into a regulatory role because it's given me a, a, a wide knowledge as far as um, what we do here in all of our different areas. And by no means do I know every process and every step. However, I know where to look and who to ask if I, I need to answer to something to see if we're compliant. That's sort of, that's sort of the way my job is. I don't know the answers, but I know who to ask. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's uh, the best thing to know. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about what you like to do outside of work. Sure. So I like to exercise and do the treadmill. And my wife and I, we like to travel a lot. And recently we took a trip to Boston and uh, it was great. We 
stayed right in the middle of the Freedom Trail. So every day we just walked everywhere. We were able to see Paul Revere's house, the site of the Boston Massacre. Um, a lot of the old cemeteries, historical cemeteries, where so many, so many people in the American Revolution were buried. And we also got to see the SS Constitution, one of the oldest uh, battleships in history. Um, so, and the climate was just great. It was about 60 degrees. And uh, we really enjoyed that whole week until we came home and just hit that wall of humidity at the airport. When we got out of the elevator in the parking lot, it was like uh, walking into another planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely the truth. In Boston, you know, having been to Boston a couple of times, it's really very walkable. It is. It? It's a great walkable city. And some other places we've been, we've been to Rome. Uh, that was a great trip in itself. Uh, we hope to go back there someday. We uh, we walked just about everywhere there, too. We took a tour of the, the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel. Um, we also saw the Colosseum and the Trevi Fountain and ate a lot of pizza and a little red wine. And it was a, a great trip as well. And uh, we've been to South Lake Tahoe, which is, I mean, if you've never been, it's a really great place to go. Um, that lake is, is just something to, to see in your lifetime. The water's just so blue and clear. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, a body of water that beautiful with the mountains in the background. It's fantastic. And the Big Bend is uh, one of our, one of the favorite places that we've been to as well. I'll bet you didn't do the walking tour at Big Bend though, right? Um, no, we did hit the trails though um, on our own. And uh, so, yeah, no walking tour needed. <laughs> no, no. It, Big Big Bend is, is, is a place where you need it. Sometimes you need a tour guide. Exactly. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, we appreciate you coming over here. We uh, Hopefully not too many people came in and out the front door and banged on the front door. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. You're welcome. Executive producers of the Hearts of Fire podcast are Adrian Mendoza and Jay Pajinski. The producer is Heather Hughes. Our director is Angelica Sandoval with technical assistance from Matt Flores. The Hearts of Fire logo was designed by Roberto Esquivel. If you'd like to be on the Hearts of Fire podcast, if you'd like to be a guest host on the Hearts of Fire podcast because my voice hurts your ears, please email us, heartsoffire at bioridgeglobal.org. Thanks for listening.